Karen awoke feeling a severe pain in the back of her head, straining to open her eyes more, but the light that entered through her lashes made her squeal. She raised her left arm to try to dim the light a little bit, and at the instance she did, she began to feel an intense pain from her fingertips to her back. It took her a while to open her eyes further until she could see what was around her. She was in a large beige room. On her left side, it was a large white curtain that covered much of the wall, from which were pierced the rays of the light that moments before had prevented her from opening her eyes. In the front of the curtain, three brown cushions and a glass table in the center. Above it were a few magazines, one just above the other, and next to them, two large flowers arrangement. She looked at them a little bit until a small smile slipped from her face. They were peonies, her favorites. At the moment, she stopped observing them to continue her journey through the room. In front of the coaches, it looked to the wall, a small brown furniture supported a flat TV that was off. Between the furniture and curtain, there was an individual couch with a yellow blanket on the top. On her right, at the background, a white door and an empty wall that continued to another equally white door that was closed. From there, she could see what looks like a small sink and a toilet next to it. And finally, Karen, who was standing in a large hospital stretcher, wearing a white robe with a pattern of blue circles on it. She had a white bandage around her right ankle. Two intravenous in her left arm that were connected to two bags of fluids hanging over a long trippy. She moved her right hand to feel what was causing pressure on her head. She also had a white band around it. She tried to move her body so she could lean better, but it was impossible. For every movement she made, she felt a big pain that went through every part of her body. She stood still looking at the roof of the room that was supposed to be in a hospital, trying to remember some accident or event that would have led her to be lying on that stretcher, but she couldn't remember anything. What came to her mind was her college start-up, her home, her family, nothing out of ordinary that explained what she was doing there. She spent several minutes like this when she began to feel desperate. Suddenly, she heard a noise and turned quickly to the front, which also caused her a headache that disappeared almost instantly. The door opened slowly and a young man of approximately 1.8 height entered to the room while she examined him from head to toe. He wore white tennis shoes with denim jeans fitting just like his white t-shirt. He had black hair and several moles on his arms and face. He had stood in front of the door half closed, holding his phone with his right hand while seeing something in it that made him pull out little smiles. She just stared at him to figure it out who he was. He couldn't be a nurse, much less a doctor. The way he dressed, she assumed he couldn't be an hospital staff either. She kept wondering if she could say something, probably he had entered to the wrong room. Maybe he didn't know her and would see her there, helpless and not knowing who she could call to explain what she was doing there. She took courage and with a little effort managed to get a word out of his mouth. Instantly, the boy stopped seeing his phone and his sign turned to the ground. It looked like a confused look. 
His jaw was marked by the force he put on it, and she could see how his body tensed when he heard it. He's straining up and turned slowly to see her. His eyes trying to look for hers, and she just started to feel afraid. Now, when she could see him well, she realized she didn't know him, didn't remember seeing him before in his life, and was more confused about what he was doing there. Suddenly, a few tears came from Kerr Brown's eyes, a smile appeared on his face, and with a great joy, he ran towards her. He quickly sat down on the stretcher and hugged her, as he kept saying, You woke up, Karen. You woke up. You're here. A way of fear went through her body. She stood still, looking at nothing, as someone she didn't know embraced her as if a miracle had happened. Until that moment, she didn't need to question. How long had she been asleep? How wonder what could have happened to her to get to that place? But now, how long she had been there? She tried to calm down, thinking that maybe she had only been there for a few hours, or at most a day or two. But what if she had been there for weeks? What if a month had gone by without waking up, or months? What if her accident had been so bad that it made her stay there for a year? Like some movies or books she had read before, in which the protagonist or secondary character was unconscious for days until it suddenly woke up. What if she was like one of those characters? Again, the fear appeared. She could still have thousands of thoughts crossing at great speed through her mind, but she heard again the voice of the guy. Karen, are you okay? Can you hear me? But she could only see his eyes filled with confusion as he took his cheek with his warm hand. She assumed that he found the same feeling in Karen's eyes as the expression on his face joined her eyes. What do you have? Why don't you talk to me? She assumed that was the time to tell him that she didn't know who he was, that she couldn't remember any fraction of his face or his thick voice that wouldn't stop talking to her, that any relationships that tied him to her was probably long gone. I'm sorry, I don't know who you are. At the moment she said that, the tears that were imprisoning in the boy's eyes began to fall quickly down his cheeks. The expression of his face changed from confusion to sadness in a second. Karen took her hand gently off her cheek, but he kept looking at her, her eyes going back and for looking for something in hers, until she began to feel sadness for him. What are you talking about, Karen? It's me, Victor. How can you not remember me? I'm your best friend. We met in college. We took classes together. We graduated together. We even rented an apartment to go live there too. Suddenly, things took a turn in her mind again. Everything became more and more strange. It felt like the whole life she remembered was a puzzle that was starting to have missing pieces. She didn't understand what she was talking about. His memories didn't affect his. She could only remember her first week in college, the classmates she had, the people she had met throughout that week. There was no one who looked like him, or anyone who had crossed the halls, the cafeteria, the patio, nowhere. 
she didn't remember anyone like him. How could he be telling her about a graduation from a career she just remembered starting? How did he seem to know her more than she did at the time? She needed answers to the many questions that came to his head more quickly, and she didn't feel that he was the right person to give them. I want my parents. I need them here. I want you to call them, please. He was just trying to find some answer in her eyes, but she just stared at him trying to express security. He remains to try to hold back his tears, but it didn't work as much as they kept coming out. He turned around and walked right to the door, stopping in front of it and turning to see Karen for a second. Then walked through the door and closed it right behind him. He stood still, analyzing everything that had happened on moments before, until tears began to fall quickly down her cheeks. She covered his face with both hands and continued to cry in despair. Karen was completely alone, with thousands of questions to ask, and all she could hear were her cries echoing in the room. Between his cries and talks, she lost track of time, until hearing the door open again. She tried to calm down a bit and turned into the front. Her mother ran desperately into the room, took Karen in her arms and hugged her, which caused her a great pain all over her body but she didn't care. What she needed was to have her mother with her. She had so many doubts and only trusted her to solve them. She responded to her hope by putting her arms around her, feeling the intravenous pull a bit. Her mother cried in her break as she told her how happy she was that she had woken up. They were a few minutes like that until the two of them managed to control their crying. The mother separated from Karen took her face in her hands and kissed her forehead. I'm so glad you're okay, my little girl. I know you wake up any minute. With her mother, she felt safe to start telling her everything she remembered, just like what had happened with that Victor. Her mother had been her best friend. She always had confidence to tell her any situation or secret, and this will not be the exception. Her mother sat next to Karen, and she began to tell her first what had happened to Victor, and her confusion at not remembering anything he had said. The faces of the mother went from joy to see her awake, to piety and sadness. Karen talked about to continue telling her everything, or stopped to ask her why her expressions. She preferred to continue. At the end, she paused to know if she would say anything, but only remained silent. She stood and watched her and went on to tell her everything she remembered, how confused she felt about what that boy had said, and how did it not match with her memories. She ended up waiting for an explanation from his mother, but only remained motionless, with her eyes fixed on hers. A few minutes went by and she started feeling desperate for an answer. She asked him to say something, to explain to him how she got there, what accident had caused that to him, how long she had been like that, why she couldn't remember anything that guy had said. She had a thousand doubts and his mother just kept quiet. She assumed that his mother had noticed the anger that was beginning to show through her eyes, so the mother took Karen's hands with his, started at it, and went on to tell her a little. She said that when Victor left, he went to find his mother quickly, because only the two of them were visiting and his father was working. 
They began to ask that the doctor be called to tell her that Karen had woken up. Her mother wanted to go find her, but one of the nurses stopped her. She asked her to have a little patience because it could cause a panic attack and they would have to sedate Karen. When they managed to talk to the doctor, he was in surgery. Apparently, it will take a little longer and not come to check immediately, but asked them not to talk to Karen about the events that had happened or about moments that she didn't remember because they could alter her. His mother told him that she could not answer any of his questions yet, that they needed the doctor's diagnostic and several studies, as she had already had very strong neurological surgery, and that was what could cause the confusion. Karen stood still, staring at her mother until she could no longer hold her tears and pounds in her crying. Her mother only held her in her arms and then stroked her hair with her right hand. They stayed that way until Karen managed to control her crying because of the headache she was beginning to feel. She still didn't understand what was happening to her. She was still with more doubts than answers and her mother had made her feel so vulnerable with everything she had said. She was surprised to start feeling sleepy while still hugging her mother. Maybe it was because of all the tiredness of her body or because of that feeling of sleep she feels after a long cry. But she was also afraid to close her eyes and return to her previous deep sleep. She still didn't know how long it had lasted. She lost track of time and suddenly felt his eyes slowly close. She woke up to her mother's movements and her worried voice asking her to wake up. When she opened her eyes, she saw her mother's eyes with small tears around them and her hand on her cheek making her look towards her face. The doctor has arrived, daughter. Karen turned to the front to find the doctor standing right next to the stretcher. He was of average height, with black hair, light complexion and blue eyes. He wore a navy blue medical uniform and a white cap with small orange drawings, so she assumed he had left surgery and had gone straight to the room for the checkup. Hello Karen, how are you? My name is Luis, I am your doctor and I am specialist in neurosurgery. He went on to say that he will do a routine checkup that he will have to check various parts of her body to see how it reacted and then he would have to continue with some exercises of neurological surgery. Karen asked him to give her answers to several of the questions she had and he agreed, said he would answer everything in his hands while doing the checkup and later, when he authorized, she could ask her any questions she wanted to her mother and she could answer them. She responded to his kindness with a smile and her mother separated to allow the doctor to continue the examination. The doctor took about 40 minutes with the checkup for every question she asked about whether she was feeling or hurting something. Karen asked him another question about the doubts she had, so little by little she put the puzzle together. Her mother stood by her side during that time, holding her hand whenever she could. When the doctor finished, he gave his diagnosis, with which she started crying again.
After that, the doctor allowed her to ask the question she wanted to ask to her mother and stayed there for a while to make sure she didn't have a relapse or an attack when they told her everything. When she finished, she couldn't stop feeling sadness. The puzzle she believed was about to be finished had not completed it in half. There was missing so many pieces that she was probably never going to recover. Ten days ago, she had left her apartment in the city, which she had effectively rented with Victor, when a speeding car ran over her across the street, causing her to have a severe blow to the school. The neighbors called 911. The ambulance arrived to treat her and take her to the hospital, during which she had a stroke and had to revive her, which caused further damage to her brain injury. When they arrived at the hospital, she had a neurological surgery, as the blow had damaged his temporal lobe. After the surgery, it took nine days to wake up and apparently, after all the exercises and questions, the doctor's diagnosis was that by recitation and surgery, the hippocampus that takes care of the memory had been badly damaged. Her brain had been recovering and this is why she had taken so long to wake up. But that wasn't the worst part. The worst part was that it had been five years since Karen's lost memory of her life. What Victor had said was true. A thousand of moments more than her mother had told her and she didn't remember. She had five years left in her life and all she knew was by stories that her mother was trying to count on delicately. The doctor asked her not to try too hard to remember anything, as it could harm her mentally and emotionally. He concluded that when she got out of the hospital, she had to make an effort to get her life back, and that could help bring back memories. But they could also never arrive and would have lost five years of her memory in that accident.